is he a good guy, a bad guy? Did you actually have access to him? Was the program worth the money? What did you get out of it? So, you know, when you're looking at who to hire, that community can give you some feedback about their experiences, which should be really helpful before you spend money. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their businesses after long careers as employees. We believe you should be able to do more of what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the founder of Superbrand Publishing, Juliet Clark. In today's episode, you will learn how to build your platform so it supports your consulting, coaching, or expert-based business. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Juliet Clark. Juliet is a six-time author, speaker, and podcaster who has spent the last 20 years helping authors, coaches, speakers, and small businesses all over the world build expert audiences. She's the founder of Superbrand Publishing, a hybrid publishing house. She started out as a mystery novelist and is best known for her books, Gypsy, Granny Heist, Dead by Dawn, and Pitch Slapped. At age 46, Juliet received a black belt in Taekwondo and is an avid hiker and golfer. Juliet, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, David. I'm excited to talk to you today. I'm excited too. Tell me a little bit about you know, like the backstory. How did you get into your current business? <laughs> well, very, very interesting events. I got a divorce, a really bad, ugly divorce. And all of a sudden I had a lot of time on my hands. Kids were going back and forth and I'd always wanted to write a mystery novel. So I wrote my first mystery novel, Players, which horrible, horrible book, but very dark, <laughs> very, very dark. And as part of that, I decided that I was going to self-publish. I had worked at a traditional publisher and then gone on to advertising. And when self-publishing came into vogue, I thought, okay, I've got this rocked. I know what to do. So I engaged a self-publisher and I found about the worst business model I had ever seen. It, it didn't serve authors in any way. And if you remember 2008, 2009, the self-publishers were run by the traditional publishers and it was all new and they did everything they could to really downplay the self-publishing world. They wanted it to go away. So I started my company with my second book and said, okay, you know, I'm going to do this in a totally different way that helps authors build a platform as well. And that's where we are today. By my third book, I'd sold over 25,000 copies of some relatively bad mystery novels. And my friends started bringing me their books and it kind of grew from there. Yeah, you know, it's funny how we learn from the things that don't work, what not to do again, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how did you end up with your specific niche of coaches, speakers, and, and expert-based businesses? 
again, a, kind of a mistake sort of thing. Uh, the town that I lived in when I started the business had a guy there who was book developer, publisher. He ran two big events a year and it was for fiction, nonfiction authors. And people were really confused by how he was trying to teach them how to self-publish. He had a group of people he would send them to, but they weren't really publishers. You were really doing it all yourself with independent contractors. And once Granny Heist really took off, those people knew me and started bringing me their books and saying, I can't figure this out. Can you help me? So that was sort of the beginning of publishing other people's books. A mistake on somebody else's part. (laughs) Yeah, so for people that don't know you, You've described how your business has kind of evolved because people that knew you and saw what you were doing that worked asked asked you for help. And I'm saying if you look at the same kinds of people, particularly those that are trying to write nonfiction books to showcase their expertise, to trying to build an expert-based business, so they're typically consultants, coaches, primarily solopreneurs, when they try to go down the self-publishing route, what do they typically find? Well, they're going to find a couple things. Number one, publishing has a language of its own. And so what they were being told to do didn't necessarily fit with what they needed to do. One of the big mistakes was people were just using Amazon to publish. And Amazon is really a distributor. They can call themselves a publisher, but they're not really you know, the big POD print on demand houses like Ingram. So they were using the wrong places to publish their book. One of the other solutions that they found was, you know, I was really going at them from an advertising perspective and saying, look, a typical campaign is awareness followed by nurturing, followed by, you know, that revenue generation. So what was happening was they were they were publishing these books with the intention of through this gentleman who was doing this, that this is a business card. This isn't really a business card. It's a nurture tool. And they forgot about the awareness campaign. So they were publishing books as a nurture tool to get more business without an audience. So it was really a catch 22 to um for all of them because they weren't achieving the goals of bringing in more business because people still didn't know who they were. So we had to start back at the beginning with, you need to start out here and build this platform first. That was one of the big things that I noticed the self-publishing houses, they didn't do at all. Right. And so this methodology that you're just describing is specifically for expert-based businesses where they want the book to be a nurture tool. Yes. Your book, imagine, I mean, everybody says the book is a calling card or a business card. Can you imagine in a scenario where you go in and you interview with someone and you say, well, you know, darn Mr. CEO, I wrote the book on this. I mean, I think I would be escorting people out of my office. I would not be impressed by that and reading the book. So it really is, your book is a way for people to get to know you. So given what I do, there are, you know, hundreds of publishers out there. But people are going to publish with me because I have a different perspective. They like that perspective. They like my personality. And I don't mean like I'm, you know, Miss Popularity. I mean, they like where I come to the table and I work with action people. 
I'm, you know, I'm not the the way I function in a business. So that's what that book does for you from a nurture standpoint is it sets you apart from everyone else, but it also allows people to really authentically get to know you. And no one is going to buy that bigger program that, you know, 2,500 4500 you know, $25,000 program from you as an expert if they don't already know you, like you, and trust you. So that's really that book combined with actual relationship building is what's going to build the revenue on the other end. Um, so I have to ask you, you know, based on that scenario of the know you, like you, trust you, and building building up the awareness before they see your book, there are a lot of people out there that are trying to write books, publish books, get more business using their expertise that are searching for solutions. And there are, you know better than I do, how many different kinds of solutions are being marketed out there, yes. um, particularly in the online world. And I, I've interviewed plenty of authors on this show. And I also have interviewed and ha- and know many, many experts that have not yet published a book, but would like to. And when they search for solutions, they're overwhelmed with what they see. I'm not shocked by that. We quite often find as we are teaching people to build a platform that they are overwhelmed. There is a steep, and you know this, you've been in the online business long enough, you know, there is a very steep learning curve to learning online business. One of the funny things during COVID, when COVID hit, was all of a sudden we had these entrepreneurs that were working from home and they would actually call us, set an appointment and they'd say, oh, I need this all up and generating revenue in three months. And I would just have to say, look, this takes longer than that. You have to build social media. You have to build content. There are are different stages here that you have to build so that people begin to follow you and start to trust you. So yes, it can be very overwhelming. And, you know, as you and I have talked about before, there are a lot of shiny objects out there. So you really have to get grounded in these are the steps, especially from a book standpoint, but also authors, coaches, and speakers sort of have the same platform building uh, strategies as well. That's why I think we end up working with uh, a lot of the coaches that are writing books are also speakers. So it is all interconnected. Right. Juliet, how long does it typically take to build a platform? We tell people you have to start at least six months to a year out. And even at that, I think it's a bit shallow. The pool is a bit shallow on that. We have two distinct audiences. We have the teams that have been in business for a while who are writing the book as that nurture tool for the big the big projects that they have. And those books are usually very successful because those people have been working on their audience for at least two to three years. Then we have a second sector of our audience who they're writing it to become known, which I don't always recommend. I think you need to become established with that audience as an expert before you write the book. It's like putting the cart before the horse. And those are the people who really need to take the time and learn how to do this efficiently. Mm -hmm. So for that latter category, how long is it likely to take? Depending on how much time and effort and what you do, it could take anywhere from three to five years. But we at least get it started so that you do have an audience following you. 
when we when we say six to 12 months. Do you have any recommendations for how people can avoid the shiny objects and stay away from <laughs> from all these people that say, oh, we'll we'll have you achieve X within 90 days? Well, first of all, no one ever achieves X in 90 days. So I think that it's those it's those promises like that that I think you really have to avoid because building an audience is not an instant gratification. You know, I, I, if you remember probably around 2014, 15, there was a lot of six figures in six months going on and yes. hardly any of those people ever achieve that. So I always tell my clients, because most of my clients do a really great job with their businesses to be that steady hand, make sure that you meet the promises. Don't make promises you can't keep, but be that action person that you're working along with people. So when I see the shiny object people out there, I see, you know, what we call quote influencers. And a lot of those influencers are great marketers, but they're not great deliverers. So I always tell people to, if you're going to avoid the shiny objects, Talk to the person you want to hire, find out how much accessibility you have to them, and then also get referrals from them that you can talk to or you can email with actual previous clients who were happy that you can have a conversation with and ask the questions you want to ask. Because depending on if you're talking to a sales team with the influencers or who you're talking to, you know, you're going to get a good sales pitch, but are you going to actually get a good delivery of the tools and the learning that you need? Right. Which is very different than somebody that has a Facebook group of 5,000 people, quote unquote, following her or his methodology and achieving whatever the the financial goal is within a specified period of time. Correct. I have never, I have never generated more revenue from a Facebook group. I'm not even on Facebook anymore. (laughs) But you know what I mean? To people that have these big, these big followings and they're really great at marketing to them. Mm -hmm. And, and yes, some of the people in the community do make a lot of money, but most of them struggle. They, they do. And I will tell you, I when I was on Facebook, I was on one of those influencers in a Facebook group, probably like 2015. And I remember that every about three months, he would come out with a new program where we're going to generate six figures in 90 days. And he would reach out to me. And every time I would say, who can I talk to? What Can you give me a list of clients that this has been successful with? And he would disappear and he would come back in 90 days and he'd say, oh, I have this great new program and you need to be a part of it. And I would ask the same question and never did I ever get to talk to somebody who was successful with that program. Yeah. So going back to what actually does work, can you give me kind of a synopsis of this whole platform building scenario? Yes. So we actually have eight pillars that we teach. And when we teach it, it's basically, first of all, starting with your brand and getting involved. It's not just colors and logos. How does your brand make you feel or how does it make your audience feel? And then getting into content development. So a lot of our people, when they come to us, they'll say, I don't have time to develop content. Content is your trust builder. 
without content, people don't know what you're thinking. People don't know what you're teaching and they don't, they don't get to know you. And without that trust, you're never going to sell them something big. The next step is content, then sharing on social media and not just selling all the time because I, we never sell on social media. We, we invite people to things, but we don't sell. So being able to translate that content into social media and have really good content on social media, also starting to build a list. So you need that lead magnet. You probably should have three or four because you don't want to exhaust people, but getting that together. So now you have email capture and that is getting harder and harder. We actually have a bigger list from our Breakthrough Author Magazine using LinkedIn newsletter than we do opt-ins emails. But it's okay because I can see people are reading, they contact us. So all of that is your value. You're providing value without selling anything. And then getting into power partnerships. And I think you and I talked about this before. Power partnerships are different than joint ventures. Joint ventures, in my opinion, are one of those shiny objects where you're going to have to develop all of those things we just talked to, talked about, but then it turns into these big funnels where you're capturing people, but you're not building a relationship. So a, a click is not a relationship. You have to be able to have enough knowledge to figure out that balance between how much of a click do I need? And then when do I actually start speaking to these people? Because that's where the relationship building is. I've never sold a $10,000 program without actually having a conversation. Nobody just clicks inside a funnel and says, oh yeah, here's my credit card, I'm in. So that's where you have to develop that, that balance. Power partners put you in a space where now you are a referral partner instead of a click. So it's David saying, hey, Mr. Client of mine, you know what, I know you wanna write a book. Juliet Clark is your girl. May I make that introduction? And so you've just vouched for me. It's not just, hey, I really like these people. And you've seen the affiliate emails where, you know, I love my friend, Juliet Clark, who probably really isn't my friend. I'm just doing this because I'm going to get paid, has this great new program. Please click and go to her webinar. So it gets rid of that. And it really brings it down to a personal basis where you're putting your name on the line to bring a partner in. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and, you know, it sounds like what you're talking about is quality and depth versus quantity, right? Because the, the model of the, the shiny objects where you have, quote unquote, influencers that are promising all kinds of things in an online campaign, that they're looking for quantity. Yes. It's not about quality and depth. Yeah, it's, it's not only that, but I found from the JVs, and I know a lot of other people have too, that, you know, you'll get a lot of people in a room, but they're not going to buy. Most of the people who start out with these following the influencers are just thinking about an idea. They're building an idea, but they're not ready to invest yet. So I find with the JVs, you have a lot of big lists, but there are a lot of dead lists. So you've got a lot of people on there that will never buy from you. So you really want that quality lead, that person who is invested and interested versus, and, and I find from the J, you get that from Power Partnership. I find from the JVs, you don't get that. There's no, it's just a big funnel. So you mm -hmm. do want to, I feel like you do want to stay away from that. 
I actually belong to a group of ladies called the Dames who are six, seven, and eight figure entrepreneurial women. And that's all we practice. Nobody has these big funnels. We are strictly, uh, you know, David, David is a good friend of mine. I talk to him once a month or once every three months. We figure out what's going on. How can we support each other? And, and by the way, how's your family doing? Your cat looks nice on the screen, you know. So you really are developing a relationship with another person. And I probably have probably 10 to 15 of those really solid power partners that if you came to me and said, you know, I need video, I want to learn how to use video. I'm going to say, you know what, Nina Froery, she's your girl that's going to do this. And, you know, then I make the introduction. So it it ends up being a better situation than just to click and guess. Yeah, because like I said, when I used to click and guess and then I'd say, hey, can you provide me with some references? People didn't come up with them. So there's the power partnerships. There's the media. If you're an expert, you don't have to wait until you have a book to go out on media hire a media expert we we have one on staff that we that we use and get yourself out there as the expert on TV radio and podcast of the upcoming book whatever that is but you're not there to showcase the book you're there to showcase your expertise and get your face known and so you know a lot of people wait until the book all of that has to come together for a book launch so you've got, you can see you've got a lot to build there when it comes to author platform building. And you don't have time for shiny objects. you got a lot of building to do in addition to writing a book and running a business. And that's where I think it gets really overwhelming for people is they, they finish the book, they still got a business to run, and now they're trying to build this audience last minute instead of having it build over time and building curiosity. And then, of course, the next steps. That's the eighth pillar of what we do. Revenue, you, most of the time, you will not get ROI from your book. You will be in negative ROI. But if that is a nurture tool, you will turn that around on the next steps because that is your revenue generator. So I'm very transparent when I talk to people about uh, publishing. This is going to be X amount of dollars. And by the way, you probably won't get that back or even close to it. So I hope you have a next step where you're leading them in place because that's where your revenue is. Right, because you, you need a solid business model with a solid revenue model that will follow once the book is out. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when you mentioned the dames, I wanted to ask you to go a little bit deeper on how connection with community can be helpful, in particular when we're talking about authors, speakers, consultants, coaches, people that are solo. So uh, they can be support in one sense, because, you know, when you go out as a solopreneur, a lot, there's a lot on your plate. You're running the accounting, you're running, you know, you're running everything and it can be really overwhelming. So it can be a support system. One of the things in the Dames is I'm in a very high level mastermind with them. And when I got into the 500K mastermind, 500K plus, I realized that all of the problems these women were talking about were exactly the problems I was having. So now I have support. I heard ideas. This is how I overcame this problem as, a, as a, I was a solopreneur. I mean, I have a staff, but most of them are, are uh, VAs, so they're, they're virtual assistants. So there's a lot of support there. 
there's also, that's the place where, where I just talked about, you can start querying about those people you want to hire. Hey, what have you heard about Dave? Yeah. Is he, you know, is he a good guy, a bad guy? Did you actually have access to him? Was the program worth the money? What did you get out of it? So, you know, when you're looking at who to hire, that community can give you some feedback about their experiences, which should be really helpful before you spend money. It also is a place where you can find clients. I generally don't go into a community looking for clients. I'm looking more for support and I end up with clients because as you build those personal relationships, you start to trust people, they start to trust you. And that's really, I mean, as much as the internet drives what we're doing today, the relationship building is still your goal. You you still have to build a relationship before you give somebody a credit card. So true. Julia, what's your definition of community? My definition of community is a place where people can come and get resources and value and build relationships with it. And there, there you go. That's why you need that content because you, you have to have that value you're giving away. Absolutely. Juliet, is there anything else you wanted to mention that I haven't asked you? I don't think so. Did we we, did we get enough of that shiny object out of the way? <laughs> I, I think we I think we covered it pretty well. <laughs> okay. uh, if if somebody wants to go deeper with anything you've shared or um, access resources that you may have, where's the best place for them to go? You can go over to BreakthroughAuthorMagazine.com. We have a free subscription. So if you are building a platform or writing a book or publishing a book, you'll get a lot of information there. We have a lot of really great experts in there and it's free. We also have a course coming up for people who are struggling a little bit with their audience. It's called Build Your Author Avatar. You can use it for any uh, speaker, coach, anything you're doing. And you can find it at buildyourauthoravatar.com. It's $97, but it is just a big workshop on market research And most small businesses, but small entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, they don't do the market research necessary on the audience. So it is a very deep dive into this is how you do it and, and, you know, start developing and validating that audience. Sounds great. Well, Juliet, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and, you know, share your experiences and, you know, share a little bit about where some of the good resources are and what to avoid online. My guest today has been the founder of Superbrand Publishing, Juliet Clark. Thank you again, Juliet, for joining us. Thank you. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Juliet Clark, We learned how to build your platform so it supports your consulting, coaching, or expert-based business. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.